Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. Thank you, Church, for uh, your hospitality. The room's been great. Uh, the food and the just uh, all the kindnesses and appreciate it so very much. Um, and before get, jumping into the message, I mentioned that I was going to mention the prayer map. I, I wanted to spotlight it separate. I mentioned three of my personal prayer requests. Uh, they are based on Paul's prayer requests in Scripture. But uh, I want to mention our prayer map. I think other than the Scriptures themselves on our table, it's the most important item. And because I want to just quickly share with you Jesus' prayer request. Because Jesus said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. I believe that is the only, there's a lot of teaching on prayer, but that's the only specific prayer request that the Lord Jesus Christ left us with. And many Christians don't pray that prayer. And I believe that's one reason why there are still places that have no labors. And so uh, just you can open it up. It shows you the nations that we've shipped to in red and the ones that we haven't to in gray. So part of it is to pray for our ministry. But the real purpose is where it lays out the 227 nations. If you pray for eight countries a day, you can pray through the world on a monthly basis. And I've been doing that for years. And um, I believe that God is still calling. And uh, I don't have a a lot of time to really focus on that tonight. But I urge you uh, to pick one up and... uh, and uh, it's a tool to help you systematically answer the Lord's prayer request and pray for specific fields of harvest. It gives some statistics there about uh, a population and percentage of Christians, which is really some sobering statistics if you take time to think about it. But uh, So I encourage you to pick that up. I'll be at the table if you have any, any questions after the service. It's been a joy serving along with you here this weekend. So Ezra 7.25, as I mentioned earlier, the theme for our ministry this year is reaching them to... And 22, and that came out uh, of uh, devotions I was having last year, and I was going through this verse here, or this passage, and, and the verse, verse 25, just kind of jumped out at me, and uh, particularly that, uh, that last phrase, and teach ye them that know uh, them not. And so I, I want to pause and pray one more time, and then we'll try to hasten tonight with the message. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, it's been so good to be in your house with your people. And uh, dear God, handling uh, your precious word yesterday, and I I just pray that it it goes forth, that it would uh, uh, be there awaiting the team to arrive in in January, and that you would uh, use your word, of course, as it has already been prayed. Lord, in these next few minutes, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit. Help me to know what to say and what not to say tonight. And uh, may, uh, as Brother Justin already prayed, Lord, may you not just challenge us, but may you change us for the cause of Christ and for the glory of God. May more people be reached, whether here in Martinsburg, in Belize, or around the world, because of what you've done and will do in our midst this week. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it all, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, A few considerations from this verse, reaching uh, them to... First of all, notice the precious provision. It says, And thou, Ezra... After the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand. And, and when I read that uh, last year, I thought, you know, that's true for us, right? The wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand. We have that wisdom in our hand, do we not? We have the word of God. Ezra didn't even have the New Testament. We have more than Ezra and Job, for example. And uh, so what is our excuse, right? But we, we have that precious provision uh, of the word of God in our hands. Uh, that is, as, we, as has been mentioned, we take it for granted. May we, may we love it more. May we learn it more. And may we live it more. The precious provision of the word 
of God. And in this very verse, we see that this precious provision, the Word of God, reveals a few things. First of all, it reveals the wisdom of God. It says, again, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand. I don't know about you, but I'm like, you know, the, in, uh, in the New Testament says, if you lack wisdom, I qualify, okay? And so what do we do? We ask, right? Uh, we ask, and then you know how he's going to give it to us? Right here, right? It, it, to be honest, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to ask him for wisdom and then not look where we know it's to be found, <laughs> right? And so we have the pre- precious provision of the word of God, which reveals to us the wisdom of God. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we live in a modern day, right? We, we have a, uh, I know YouTube and Facebook can use, for, it, it is used for a lot of bad. Uh, I don't even have Facebook on my page. We have an account and I'm not very good about putting stuff on the ministry there. But we, we did create that YouTube channel during the COVID time uh, to try to uh, reach those that were kind of, you know, in their homes. And, uh, and the Lord has blessed that. But, you know, a lot of people go to YouTube for, you know, how-to, right? How-to videos, and uh, I was thinking about that this afternoon. Um, uh, you, can, you, you can Google, right, or, or go to YouTube and look at all kinds of how-tos. And uh, I was thinking about that. I, I had never done this before, but I, I just Googled heaven. I just, that's all I put, heaven. And uh, you know what came up? It came up with a couple of local things here. Almost heaven pre-owned auto sales. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I've never owned a new car, but I've never gotten in any car and thought, man, this is almost heaven. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know. That's that. And then there was a worse one. Almost heaven, pub and grill. I don't think so, my dear friend. That's leading to hell. Okay? And, uh, and so, I, I, you know, uh, Google, uh, YouTube might not have a whole lot on how to, but this word right here has how to get to heaven. <laughs> Amen? Boy, there's a lot of how-tos, right, that are answered right here. How to get to heaven, right? How to overcome anger, bitterness, covetousness, uh, drunkenness, envy. And, and we could work our way to Z, you get the picture. But uh, folks, how-to, the wisdom of God. In Romans eleven thirty three, 33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I've, I don't know how many times I've read the Bible, but it's every time there's something, it seems to be something new. Now, it was there before, but God speaks to us, right? From passages that we've read before, uh, because it's the living word of God and the wisdom of God revealed to us in his word. What a precious Provision In 1 Corinthians one twenty one it says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And, you know, the world thinks what we're doing here tonight is foolish. All right? But it is the foolishness of preaching, right, that is brings salvation. We, need, we still need to go and preach. Amen? And I believe in called preachers, but we're, we can all preach in the sense of witnessing. We talked a little bit about that this morning, of proclaiming the glorious gospel. And so let's keep preaching. Amen. Let's keep singing. Let's keep preaching. Let's keep witnessing. And, uh, and let's keep gleaning wisdom from this precious book, the precious provision. The Word of God reveals the wisdom of God, number one. Then it reveals the work of God. In, in the verse, uh, we see that God is giving some instructions and thou, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand, 
set magistrates and judges, which may judge all the people that are bound to the, uh, beyond the river. So he's giving him some instructions and, and the work of God. And, and of course, that's, that's where we find out what God wants us to do, right? The work of God. And there's a lot of things that come into play when you talk about the work of God. But John 6, 29 puts it this way. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. <laughs> Amen? And I know some of this is overlapping with this morning, but folks, we need to declare the good news that Jesus died. He went to the cross, but he didn't stay there. He arose, and he offers salvation to all whom will believe. And that is the work of God. I know there's other things. And, and you know, we, it's good. We vacuum the carpets. We work in the church, clean toilets. We, we, we assemble scriptures. And, of course, these are going to go forth to accomplish the greatest work of God, right? The work of Calvary. Which leads to the salvation of sinners. And so the precious provision of the Word of God reveals the wisdom of God, and, I, and we need that daily. Uh, maybe, maybe you don't, but I need that daily. All right? God, please give me wisdom. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes, uh, hopefully, we're not to the point where you know, we need to figure out you know, what, what's right and what's wrong. That's, that's really pretty easy. But sometimes we need to know between, the difference between what's good and what's best. Right. And uh, and so the but and, and we get that. Uh, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit the, the uses peace and circumstances. But sometimes people tell me, well, I've got peace. And uh, what they say, claim to have peace about is something contrary to the word of God. Now, the Holy Spirit will give you peace, but it ought to come. It ought to be based on the word of God. If it's if whatever you claim to have peace about is contrary to this book, it's not the peace of the Holy Spirit. All right. You're going by your feelings. All right. And so the word of God should, uh, should certainly be used as we make major decisions and as we understand and get the wisdom of God for the work of God. And then second of all, not only do I know, did I notice the precious provision here of the word of God, but I noticed the personal privilege. The personal privilege. What are you talking about, Brother Johnson? Well, uh, some people, you know, say, ah, the King James, you know, it's antiquated, those these and thou's. Well, actually, the these and thou's help you. That, that means it's personal, all right? It's not the you, the you and ye is, is usually to a group. And so here, notice it says, and thou, Ezra, after the wisdom of thy God that is in thine hand. And so that makes me think of the personal provision. He's not just the God of Ezra, that's what the passage is talking about, but he can be my God. Amen? Is he thy God? Each and every single one of you here, he wants to, he's the creator of everybody. Some people claim he's the father of all, he's not. I, I was a child of the devil before I got saved. The Bible teaches that, right? So he's the God of the universe. He's the creator of all, but he's not the father of all. He wants to be the father of all, but you have to be born again, right? As many as received him, to them gave you power to become the children of God. And so what a wonderful privilege that he is my God. He's not just the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's my God. I hope he's thy God. Thy God, thy personal God, he wants to be not only your creator, he wants to be your savior, your Lord, your friend. He wants your, to be your personal God. What a personal privilege that we have. We have as individuals to hold the precious word of God. I think of a, of a pastor that was in, I believe, in Africa. And uh, they only had one Bible for the whole church. And he would send it with a family. And that family would take it home. Uh, and uh, they weren't able to come back the next day. So they'd keep the Bible until Friday. And then they'd bring it. So the pastor had his own Bible to prepare a sermon for the Sunday. And then to go to another family for the next week. 
One Bible for the whole church. Can you imagine? I remember when we, we shipped a container to Liberia. That was after meeting with a national pastor from Liberia. And he told me he knew of pastors that didn't have a whole Bible. And we, 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 like we can't even understand that, right? Uh, we probably have multiple copies. We were talking about it at lunch. You know, my kids have, they have their school Bible, their church Bible, you know, their travel Bible. I mean, we're so blessed. And some places in the world, they, they have one Bible for the whole congregation. I think of another per, uh, person, I think, in the Middle East that uh, they had no Bible. And they, they got saved listening to uh, the radio. And uh, every week they would listen to the radio. And whenever a verse was quoted, they would write it down. And they had a notebook. And all they had, the only scripture they had was what they were able to compile week by week listening to the radio. Can you imagine? We are so blessed. What a precious provision and what a personal privilege to have and to hold the very words of the living God. And the word of God not only reveals the wisdom of God and the work of God, but in this personal privilege, I see the will of God. Now, keep your fingers here in Ezra. I want to to show you one passage in in Philippians chapter 2. I think it goes uh, well with what we're talking about here. The personal privilege to know and do the will of God. God's will was being shown to Ezra, uh, included wisdom and the work of God, but the the will of God. There's some things that are general. Uh, The will of God is, I believe, for everybody to be saved, to be sure, to be serving and to be sharing, for example. But there are some things that are specific for each and every one of us, uh, or or perhaps some some things that are only for one of us. And in Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will... And to do of his good pleasure. Now, we're having fun in church tonight. Amen. Uh, But you know what? It's not about our fun. It's about his pleasure. But when we get in on what pleases him, can can I clue you in? It brings joy to us. Amen. Brother Justin, that, that that was a tear of joy as he remembered someone getting saved where he was called to labor there in England. And, uh, and folks, there's joy, right, in knowing and doing the will of God. And so it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Verse 14, some say, well, what is God's will? Well, here it says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Amen or oh me. We like to jump on the children of Israel always murmuring and complaining. Well, what about us, right? It's too hot or too cold in church, you know? I mean, we got air-conditioned, heated churches and padded pews and, and we find something to complain about. In other places, they're dying for congregating. They're, they're being killed for giving someone else a Bible. We do understand that, right? Um, and, uh, and then we have the liberty. I know, I know, I know our country is a mess. But folks, you, you're, we think we're being persecuted, right? Because we, we had to close our churches down for a little bit in COVID. And, and I'm not even going to get into all that. But folks, what is our excuse? <laughs> right? For not knowing and doing the will of God. We have the freedom to give out gospel tracts. And uh, I tell people, I, I tell uh, men ought to wear shirts with, uh, with pockets. It's a built-in track carrier, right? Now, for the ladies, it's a little more complicated. They can put their tracts in their purses, but they might never find them again. And, uh, but, uh, but we ought to carry gospel tracts, right? I mean, if you don't have one on you, how are you going to give it? Right? And so I try to always have English and Spanish gospel tracts on me. Of course, when I travel, I have multiple language tracts on me. And, um, man, I don't have time for all this, but I just re- thinking of when we were in London, uh, walking uh, through the hotel there, and uh, uh, one of the housekeeping ladies 
she had an accent, and uh, I asked her what, where she was from, and she's from Poland. And so I went to my I went to my room and pulled out a Polish track and went back and gave her a Polish track. The point is, let's be ready, right, to share the gospel. And 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 I I believe we ought to talk to people too. Some people, you know, the, the, I'll leave a track, but I'm not going to talk to anybody. But uh, but let's get the gospel out, whether it's through a, go, a, a track or whether it's talking to somebody. But knowing and doing the will of God, I get a lot, little sidetracked there. But folks, one thing that's not the will of God is to murmur and complain, right? But to be thankful and, uh, and, uh, and to not take things for granted. Verse 15, that thee may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Sounds like us today. Now, I love America. And I still believe it's the greatest nation on planet Earth. One reason is because we haven't completely turned our back yet on Israel. And the other reason is because we do still send missionaries and mission funds around the world. Now, we're not number one anymore, not per capita. We're like number 17, okay? Unless we think, yeah, we're the answer for the world. No, no. There are other countries that are sending the gospel forth at much better uh, rates as far as uh, per capita. And so, but, but we are still, the, the great, as far as numerically, uh, probably the, the largest missionary sending into, uh, nation on planet Earth. And I believe that's part of why uh, we have some of God's blessings still. I don't know if it's the judgment of God coming upon our, our nation or not, but we do live uh, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And what we tend to do is point the finger, right, to the White House or to wherever the case may be. And I believe we ought to pray, we ought to vote, and, and, and be good, godly citizens. But let's stop pointing the finger because revival begins with the house of God, right? And... Uh, and so we, we need to notice what it says. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And so I believe the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church is a beacon of light here. I, I've, this is my first time here. But uh, praise God for those that are here, the visitors that have come, the buses that you're running, and the soul winning that's going on, and the missionaries that you're supporting around the world. And, uh, but, uh, but let me ask you individually. How much did your light shine this past week? Right? Because we are all living in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And it's not time to... I understand about protection and keeping our children from from the world. But folks, uh, the church is not... uh, we're not We're not to be defensive. We're to be attacking the gates of hell. Right? Um, uh, The gates of hell. That's defensive. Okay? And so we're to go and confront... The crooked and perverse nation amongst whom we live and were to shine as lights in the world. Verse 16, holding forth the word of life. I love that it almost seems, seems like an oxymoron. Holding but forth, right? And though I mentioned a little bit about that this morning, we're to receive, right, from God himself on church, yes, at church, of course, but daily, right, we're to receive from God, but then we're to hold it forth, right? It's not just for me, amen? That's why we put 10,000 copies together, right? John Harris doesn't have 10,000 members in his in household, but there's about 10,000 people in the city of Dangriga, and, uh, and so we want to hold it forth, right? We want to hold it, love it, learn it, and then live it, and part of living it is Sharing it, right? Getting, sending it forth, proclaiming the good news, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And uh, I don't know if I'll hear these words, Brother Justin, but I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
It's not about me, folks. And can I be honest with you? It's not even about people in Brazil or in Zambia where we're going to go next March. But it is about him. He is worthy to receive the reward of his sufferings. And, and I, I finished tonight with kind of where I uh, finished this morning, a little overlapping. But uh, we see here also the, the potential propagation when it says beyond the river, right? All the people that are beyond the river. And so, of course, we're to reach our Jerusalem and the, wherever we may be, but, but not only our Jerusalem. And it's not Jer- Jerusalem or, right? It's, it's and. It's all at the same time reaching our region and others as I pray through our supporting uh, churches and our pastors. I, I pray for many things for the pastor. And then one of the things that I pray for the church is that God would enlarge their impact and their influence both locally and globally. And because uh, a lot of churches, uh, I appreciate someone in the bathroom was, was telling me how he enjoys the church here and their missionary heart. And I'm afraid there's a lot of churches that think missions is another program of the church. I beg to differ. I believe that missions is the, is the purpose of the church. And, uh, and so we're, we're to be sending, uh, uh, not just supporting missionaries, but we're to be sending missionaries. We're to be, why do we expect churches on the mission field to be self-propagating? And we're not doing that ourselves. And so that's another message for another day. But the will of God. And then the potential propagation. It says beyond the river. And it goes on and says, and teaching them that know them not. And that's where... That, that phrase is where our theme comes from, reaching them too. You say, who, who is that? Those in Africa? Yeah, them too. Those in Asia? Yeah, them too. Amen? Uh, it doesn't matter where they are, but if they don't know the gospel, if they haven't heard it, or if they're not saved yet, yeah, them too. Amen? We want to reach them too. Because God does, right? And, uh, and he's telling Ezra not just to impact those in, their, in that locality, but also to teach or reach them that know them, them being the laws of God. Right? The Word of God. If they don't know the Word of God, whose fault is that? And so we have the potential propagation. The action, propagation is the action of widely spreading and promoting an idea, theory, or teaching. You know what? Coca Cola has done that. Even Tupperware. I heard a few years back. I, I mean, I, I guess I appreciate Tupperware. You know, I, sometimes I eat you know, leftover food out of Tupperware. But they, they said that Tupperware is in every country. I'm thinking, really? They've got Tupperware? I don't even like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is in every country. Why can't we get the gospel to every country? Right? Uh, I mean, the Mormons are, they have, um, I've forgotten the numbers now, I think 60,000 missionaries around the world. The average Mormon gives two years of their lives for missions. Uh, the average Baptist goes on a two-week mission, uh, a vacation. I'm not against vacations, but I, I encourage you, if you're not already signed up for Belize, go, go on a mission trip. Um, and, uh, but let's get the gospel to lost and dying world. And so we're, we're to propagate, right? And, uh, and I mentioned the present priority this morning from that passage. Romans 16, 26 says, But now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, Commandment, not suggestion. I'm afraid that what we call the Great Commission has become the Great Omission. They say that not only uh, that they say that only five percent of believers of Christians witness. Well, that we shouldn't wonder then why a third of this world, I've heard a half or and or a third of this world has never even once heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so 
The Great Commission has become the Great Omission. It's a commandment, though. It's not a suggestion. And it says, of the everlasting God made known to all nations. And I don't have time to go into uh, what I believe uh, is that that's not just talking about countries. You say, oh, so you've shipped to 160-some countries, so when you reach 220, you, you've accomplished. No, that's just, that's just scratching the surface because then we can talk about people groups. There's thousands of unreached people groups. And, and that's how I would, but I, what I believe that name, we think of countries geographically, but nations are people groups, people that are divided sometimes geographically, but also by language and culture. And so there is much work to be done. I mentioned this morning, and I'll try to hasten here, but I just want to share a couple things. I mentioned there's about 70 countries about 10 years ago or so when we started putting our prayer map out that didn't have a single independent Baptist missionary. And I felt, man, that's, it's, that's not God's will. And, and to be honest with you, I had, when I first started, people would ask me. In fact, someone asked me uh, at, the, at the table, to, so where are you missionary to? I, I started to say to the world, you know. And then I thought, well, I better know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so I found a prayer map by another ministry that I couldn't endorse, but I used it. And uh, God used it to open my eyes and, my, and uh, enlarge my vision as I started praying for places that I hadn't even heard of before. And, uh, and that and other things led, me to, led us to publish our, our prayer map. And uh, I heard a couple years ago that 70 has dwindled to 50. Praise God. That means that 20 nations in the last few years have gotten uh, 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 laborers. And I'm not saying that it's because of our prayer map, but I know one man that told me he went uh, to a place praying over our prayer map. Uh, and I, I, come ask me about Gabon. I don't have time to tell you the story about Gabon, but I'd love to tell you. If you want to know about it, come to my table afterwards. And I'll tell you about Gabon. Gabon is one nation that God has raised up a labor. We've sent them a container, and we're going to take a trip there, uh, not next year, but the following, if the Lord Jesus doesn't come back before then. But the point is, folks... There are still people that need to be reached. And the prospect of purpose that we also mentioned this morning is twofold for the obedience of faith, Romans 16 goes on to say. In other words, why, why are we sending these to Belize, folks? Because we have nothing better to do than come together on a Saturday and assemble scriptures. Pastor even referenced, sometimes, sometimes it's not the most efficient, but uh, it's getting God's people involved. And I believe it is the church's responsibility. And, uh, and so why do we do this? Why, why am I going to you know, uh, haul all this stuff back there and then, and, and then get it shipped to Belize for the obedience of faith? Right? We want people to get saved. Amen. Souls to be saved. But can I be honest with you? It goes beyond that. The verse says... Uh, for the obedience of faith, salvation of souls, number one. But then it says, to God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And I came to understand, I think I was talking to Pastor at, at supper the, uh, a couple of nights ago. And uh, talking about, I, I, I'm for numbers, like we, I, I like statistics and I have goals. But it's not about numbers, folks. It, but the bottom line is about the glory of God. Amen. And some people can I, can I just be frank with you? I believe that some Christians have burnt out. They say, oh, so winning doesn't work. I don't go so winning because it works. I go because I'm commanded. All right. And, and so still get saved. Amen. But the point is, if you only do it for others, that's a good Bible motivation, by the way. Love for souls. Don't misunderstand me. But if that's your only motivation, you probably will burn out. You'll probably get tired of people saying no or closing the door in your face. But if you do it for the glory of God, my dear friend, you'll understand that it doesn't matter how many times you get rejected. You're not the one really being rejected. It's him. And yes, it should bring tears to our eyes as we have people that are not interested or they say I'm good or they even listen to the gospel and they basically say, well, someday later I'm thinking of three guys in Honduras. I don't know if that later ever came. But he is worthy.
And I finish with a, an illustration that you may, may have heard. The, another reason for our prayer map is what's called the Moravian Call to Missions. In the 1700s, two men in the church in Germany heard of a man who owned, basically owned an island in the Caribbean and had about two to 3,000 slaves that he brought in from Africa. And uh, he said, no gospel preachers, welcome here. And these two men sold their lives into slavery. You say, wow, what love for souls. Well, I wouldn't disagree with you, but it goes deeper than that. When they were on the ship getting ready to depart down the river, Hamburg, and out to the open seas, one of them yelled back to family and friends on the sea line, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his sufferings. And I wish I had time to take you to Revelation 4.11, and as it builds into Revelation chapter 5, culminating in verse number 12, saying, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And that's what these men knew. They weren't going as church planners. Bro, just, you, you know my heart. I love church planners. I pray for them daily. We, we get scripture, the ammunition to the front lines. But they weren't going to start a church. They didn't even know that they'd see people saved. But they knew one thing. They knew that they had a Savior that was worthy, worthy to be known and worthy to be praised and glorified throughout eternity. And in the next 25 years out of that same church in Germany, 100, hear me carefully, 100 individuals and families went out to the mission fields of the world. It is said that more was done in that 25-year period for missions than had been in the previous 200 years. And they call that that whole part of that story, the Moravian call to missions. And uh, folks, I believe we need another one. God is still calling, but some aren't heeding, some aren't praying. And there's many reasons, but God still wants to reach the world. And it's still our responsibility to do so. Yes, to reach the lost, but above all, not only for the salvation of souls, but for the glorification of God. Oh, that we might come to see that when all the world can see is me, that God is robbed of all his glory, and man is left without God's story. But when in life no power I own, then can his great power be shown. In my weakness lies my song. When I'm nothing, God is strong. You've probably heard this before. We just need to be a nobody willing to tell everybody about somebody who loves or, and, and can save anybody. But let's make the main thing that somebody, the Lord Jesus Christ, the one and only Savior. Father, please add your blessing to the preaching of your word. Have your will and way. Lord, don't just challenge us, but change us as has been prayed now for the third time. And dear God, continue and yea, enlarge the impact and the influence of the Shenandoah Bible Baptist Church, both locally and globally. Once again, we beg that you would use these scriptures as they go forth in Belize in January. Use the team, use the Harris's, dear God. And may you, you are worthy, receive glory throughout the ages. And we'll give you the praise and glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Pastor, you come. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. I want you, please, tonight, to ask the Lord a question personally. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight, would you ask God, Lord, is my outreach in this world pleasing you is my outreach in this world my soul winning efforts 
My personal great commission through this local church is it pleasing you? And then secondly tonight, Lord, what else can I do? What else can I do?